Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, now let's, let's join Special Pastor Henry Jones, Jones Gray as he teaches the Word of, the Word of God. What a, what a glory to be in the house of the Lord today. Hey, before I preach, Don, would you come pray for me, please? Uh, Don is back with us. Uh, she won't mind me saying this. Uh, I don't know if I have all the details right. She spent about uh, six years in prison, got saved, got out how many years ago? Ten. Got out ten years ago. I'm, I met her shortly after that. And I tell you, this girl has been setting the world on fire everywhere she goes for the glory of God. And uh, has, started, has started multiple ministries. How many ministries do you have going now? Five. Five ministries. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Discipleship homes for women coming out of addiction. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just want to say this is, this is my hero. <laughs> he helped me do my first wedding in this church one of our girls who got married mm-hmm. and is still married and has two children now. That's a miracle. And no, it's I'm doing t- great. It, it is. It is a miracle. Mm-hmm. He helped me do my first funeral. He took time out and came and met me here and helped me with the scriptures and encouraged me that I could preach the funeral of one of the girls that passed away from addiction. Mm-hmm. And we did that. Amen. And as I sit and look at him today, I'm just so grateful that the Lord puts people in your life and allows you to ride on the shoulders of people to take you to the places he's going. And he was just, just, just putting in me how grateful I am for this church who supported us for about nine years now, mm-hmm. our ministry, and, um, and the people in this church who have continued to, to support me and pray with me on Facebook and just encourage um, me through the journey that I've gotten the, the opportunity to take with the Lord. I'm Amen. grateful. Amen. Grateful for this church. Amen. I, I want you to pray for me before I preach, but I do want to tell you something. This was kind of strange. I'll let you hold this mic. Okay. I, um, I don't know why I prayed this prayer, but I actually prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, what do you think about Dawn? And I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to my heart so clear. He said, I love her. And I want to tell you, the Lord loves you and River of Life loves you. Thank, Thank you, you for standing tall for Thank our Lord, Lord and Savior. Would you pray over me now? Yes. Father, I just thank you so much for Pastor Henry. I thank you for the anointing on his life. I thank you for the fire in his belly, God. And Father, as he preached this morning, I pray that the words that he preached go forth and just sever our spirits, God. Just go into our hearts, Father, that not one person in this place leave the same as they came in. Father, I thank Thank you you, that your spirit will run through this place as a tsunami, Father. Father, that the anointing and the presence of God, Lord, will just, just... Just run through the hearts and the souls and the minds of each person here. I pray for the salvation of each and every one who may not know you, God, that they'll come to know you today. Father, I pray for divine appointments today, Father. I pray for hurts to be healed. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity, and Mm. I pray a blessing over this powerful man of God. Mm. And I thank you for bringing him into my life and the lives of these here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) Amen.
Open your Bibles to the book of Malachi. Uh, We are continuing our study in the book of Malachi. This will be the third message And today I want us to continue our thoughts on God being worthy of worship. Uh, That was the last message I I preached two weeks ago, worthy of worship. Um, In the last message, I shared with you a quote about worship. I shared with you a quote about worship. And uh, you may remember this, turn your worry into worship and God will turn your battles into blessings. That's pretty good, isn't it? Turn your worry into worship and God will turn your battles into blessings. Well, here's another quote uh, that I found that I love. Uh, And we'll pull this one up. Worship is the antidote for worry. If you want to worry less, worship more. I believe that. Now, church, there are many, many reasons for us to worship the Lord. But there is one reason above all the other reasons. We should worship Him because He is worthy of worship. He is worthy of our worship. We don't worship Him because we're worthy. We worship Him because He's worthy. And He is worthy of our worship. Now, uh, the first thing God says in the book of Malachi is this. I love you. I have always loved you. Now, he was talking to the nation of Israel, but he wanted them to know that he had chosen them in and through Jacob and that he loved them and that he had always loved them. Now, they didn't feel like God loved them. They didn't think God loved them anymore. They felt like they had been abandoned and, and that's a common feeling that people have sometimes, that God has abandoned them. But God reassures them that He loves them and that He has always loved them. But then immediately after telling them that He loved them, He calls them back to worship. And He lets them know that He is worthy of their worship. That He's worthy of real Genuine, from the heart, worship. Not just people going through the motions, but worthy of real worship. I think you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about when we read the text. Here it is, beginning in verse 11. Far from the rising of the sun, we're in Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. Far from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations says the lord of hosts but you profane it in that you say the table of the lord is defiled and its fruit its food is contemptible you also say oh what a weariness and you sneer at it says the lord of hosts and you bring the stolen the lame and the sick thus you bring an offering should i accept this from your hand says the lord But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Now, friends, as we read this text, it becomes obvious that God is calling for their attention. 
It's as if God is saying to them, all eyes on me. Look at me. You have forgotten that I am at the center of this thing called worship. I am the focus of your worship. Look at me. Give me your undivided attention. This is what God is saying to Israel, and He's saying it to us as we read this today. Listen to this. God says to them, I am a great king. Now, i got to tell you something, friends. It's a sad day when God has to remind His people that He is God. That's a sad day. He says, I am a great king. He says, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. He says, my name will be great in the nations. He says, my name will be feared in all the nations. And then he says, in every place, in every place, incense will be offered up to me. And the idea of incense is worship going up before the Lord. And just in case we don't quite get it, he simplifies it. He says, from the rising of the sun to the going down, my name will be worshipped. Incense will be offered up to me. Do you hear what God is saying to Israel? Do you hear what God is saying to us? He's saying, I am a great king. And I have a global and eternal plan that I'm working out. And he's saying to them, this is not a Jewish thing. Yes, the Jews were the chosen people, but this is bigger than the Jewish nation and the Jewish people. This is not just a Jewish thing. This is a global thing. By the way, friends, this is not just an American thing. God has blessed America. We have much to be thankful for. But I stand before you today to tell you it's bigger than America. God has a global plan in mind for every nation, for all the Gentiles, everywhere on planet Earth. And I want to tell you, it's not just an ROL thing. It's not just a river of life thing. Yes, God has blessed us. God planted us here. And there is a mission and a ministry for us. But this thing of worshiping God and understanding who He is, it's much bigger than the Jewish nation. It's bigger than America. It's bigger than any church. This is God's ordained plan And it was announced 400 years before Christ even arrived. It's obvious, as you read this, that God wanted Israel and us, it's recorded in the Word of God, to recognize that He is God. To recognize who He is, and then to catch a glimpse of what He's doing, what He's up to, what the big plan of God is. I don't think we'll ever completely comprehend it, but God wanted us to see the big plan. And so I want to I point you in that direction and let you know that what we just read is actually being fulfilled on planet Earth right now. And I want to preface my remarks by talking to you about the news. I'm talking about liberal news. I'm talking about conservative news. I'm even talking about Christian news. Here's something you need to be aware of. When it comes to news and news networks and news broadcasters, all of them, all of them have a tendency to gravitate toward the negative. All of them. And I don't care if you're on a Christian website. They will gravitate toward the negative. And the reason they all gravitate toward the negative is because the negative news sells. 
Positive news doesn't. Isn't that a sad commentary on the human race? Bad news sells. Bad news, if I can stir you up enough, will cause you to reach your hand in your pocket and take out some money and support my ministry. Change things. But I've got to tell you, friends, the world's in, it's not in as bad a shape as you think it's in. It's not. God has a plan. He has a global plan. He has an eternal plan, and it's being worked out. And I want you to know that His name is being honored, and it is becoming great among the Gentiles of the earth. Not just the Jewish nation. I mean, it's, it's going out there. I, I've been talking about this for years, and I'll tell you, I'll bet what I'm about to share with you, most of you have never heard. But I've been talking about this for two or three years. I, I've done it on Wednesday night several times. But did you know that there is a phenomenon going on among the Muslim world right now? A phenomenon, a revival, and tens of thousands of Muslims are being converted to Jesus Christ? Now, I'm going to tell you, you don't hear it. You don't hear it on the news, but if you dig around, you can find valid testimonies. I've read dozens and dozens of testimonies through the years of Muslims turning to Christ. Here's the amazing thing about them turning to Christ. And I challenge you, uh, get on the internet and start doing some searching this afternoon and your heart will be blessed. Christ Jesus is appearing to Muslims in their dreams and revealing Himself to them as the Savior and they're waking up and converting to Christ and pronounce and making a profession of faith that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. I'm a great king. My name shall be great among the Gentiles. My name will be great in the nations. My name will be feared. It's actually taking place. And I've got something I want to read to you. Uh, and that is, we have a, a dear friend of this church. He's a pastor, a native pastor in Pakistan. We were introduced to him uh, through uh, Brother Paul Beeman. And I've talked to Pastor Akram now twice. I've read a lot of his stuff. But I've talked to him twice. And he's prayed over me twice. And I just want to tell you, you've never been prayed over until Pastor Akram prays over you. And, and those of you who are here on a Wednesday night, we actually called him up in Pakistan. I took my cell phone, put it up to the mic, and he prayed over River of Life. And about 25 minutes later, the hair was still standing up on the back of our necks. I mean, just, just, just an amazing man of God who serves the Lord. We sent him crosses from the church, bags of crosses. And guess what? He takes those crosses out on the streets of Pakistan and he passes. He's just so unashamed. This week, <clears throat> this past week, we received this from him. Now, it's a little broken, so I'll try to read it as much like he wrote it. But, but just listen to this. This is what Pastor Akram said. This is Pakistan now. You've not heard any good news out of Pakistan lately, have you? That's because the enemy doesn't want you to know that God's plan is still moving on planet earth. But listen to this. This is from Pakistan. Thanks be to living God that in these days there is not much persecution for Christians in Pakistan. Wait, wait. Wait, what's, what's going on here? What's going on here? We are in peace. We have good relationship with Muslims. They love us. 
Christ changed their mind and heart, and they does not hate anymore from Christianity. I love it. I love it. This is awesome. God is opening their eyes. We have good Muslim friends. They read the Bible and respect all Christian people. Our Pakistani Christians are in peaceful condition now. We have all rights being a Pakistani Christian. We can worship inside the church and outside the church. We can conduct big revival meetings, open-air places. Our government provides us security and gives us permission for church programs. This is grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not done yet. Wow. This is grace of Jesus Christ. The land of Pakistan is covered with the glory of God and filled with the peace and love of Jesus Christ. This is effect of righteous people's prayers. Now let me just stop right here. I have some more I want to read. But it hasn't been but about two months ago that we put a Pakistani flag on this stage, stood it up, and on a Wednesday night, and we came by and laid our hands on it. We prayed for God to shake the nation of Pakistan. And now we're getting a report two months later that God is freeing things up and God is giving favor. And so he, he says, thanks so much for your prayers. And then he says, please pray for our missionary training Bible college. We started with faith. This Bible college, young girls and boys and local churches and pastors, evangelists are joining us. Uh, this is very big task for my church, but God will help us do complete his purpose. You and your missionaries can help us train our missionary team in Pakistan. This is our belief that the gospel must spread in Middle East countries and God will send missionaries in Middle East countries for witness of Christ. We pray for China and Japan and North Korea and people in Islamic Middle East countries and nations, Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh. Whew! Man! What in the world is going on in the world? God is still mighty on planet earth for those who will trust Him and believe in Him and put their faith in Him. I want to tell you, Pastor Akram is not whining and complaining and using excuses not to serve God. He's in with both feet. He's serving the Lord God and God is being faithful to Him right in a difficult situation. I, we should be ashamed of ourselves. If he can do that in Pakistan, we ought to be turning this county upside down for the glory of God. I, I tell you, he, he is ministering in a difficult place, and yet all he can see is the glory of God. All he can, by the way, do you do know that there's a passage in Proverbs that says, God, the man that loves the Lord and walks with the Lord, God will make even his enemies to be at peace with him? Tell you something, we need to go out to God, don't we? That's real worship. Man, his eyes are on the Lord. He's celebrating his faith. Pastor Akram understands that God is a great king. He understands that he has a global and eternal plan. He understands that he's worthy of worship. And he's worshiping God. Um, you'll rejoice when you hear this. We just sent them the money for him and his wife to buy visas to come to minister here at our church for a week, first of the year next year. 
And so, it, it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm just telling you. He, he is an amazing person. Here's what I want you to understand, friends, is when our eyes are closed to worship, to real worship, when we no longer understand what worship is about and who worship is about, then this is what happens to us. Listen carefully. We get weary in worship. We get critical in worship. We get negative in worship. And then we start actually going through a form of worship that's not even acceptable to God because it's not our best. It's just the leftovers of our lives. I I want you to look at verse 13 again with me. Verse 13. Now, right in the middle of God telling them how great He is and how worthy He is, listen to what He says. He says, you also say, oh, what a weariness. Oh, what a weariness. They were actually saying this. Oh, what a weariness. And you sneer at it. Now, I checked four or five different translations, and I never could figure out what this means. And I decided to look up the Hebrew word for sneer here. It's the Hebrew word napah. And listen, do you know what napa means? It means to puff. It means to blow. It means to exhale. It means to make a sound with your, with, with your air as it is being, your breath as it's being exhaled. And then I got it. It is an age-old expression of weariness and frustration and being tired. Come on, every one of us are guilty. Man, I've had a hard day. Have you ever tried to deal with her? He is a piece of work. You need to stay away from him. Will he ever stop preaching? Now, i got to tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't lose that expression. It communicates real well, doesn't it? Man, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. There's nothing wrong with that unless it is directed toward the Lord our God. Then it becomes highly unacceptable. And and they were saying, we're just so tired of this. We're so weary of this. And... And then he says, you also say, oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts, and you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick, thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand? Should I? While you're whining and complaining and blowing, and then you bring an offering to me that's not even your best? Should I accept this kind of worship? Should I, says the Lord? You see, friends, they got tired. And they got weary. And they felt like worship was a burden and a responsibility, not a privilege. And all of that took place because they took their eyes off God. I can tell you, friends, when you take your eyes off God... And by the way, if you're in this service right now, and I don't mean to pick on you, but if you're in this service right now and you're miserable, it's because you're looking at me or somebody else in the church and you're not, you don't have your eyes on the Lord. Or oh me, one or the other. You, you see, you see, all this was happening because they they had forgotten that God was at the center of worship. 
Same thing happens to us. We, we get weary, we get critical, we get negative when we take our eyes off the Lord. How about this? I wrote some of these down. I just don't like the singing. I just don't like the singing. and I don't like the songs we sing in this church. I don't know why Priscilla picks all those songs. Why, why can't you pick a song I like sometimes, Priscilla? I, I, just, I just don't like the songs. I'm going to tell you, friends, I don't like all the songs we sing, but I love the one we're singing the songs to. I love him. And I'll take any song that you give me that I can direct toward the Lord and worship him. Here's another one. It's just too cold in that dome. It's just too cold. It is cold. By the way, here's a word of advice. The temperature is not the same all over the dome, so just keep moving around till you find a warmer spot. <laughs> and every time I hear somebody say it's too cold, I honestly think about a time I went to hear an evangelist, and this evangelist was telling a story about going into Siberia to preach at this church. And he was so excited until he got there and it was freezing. He said they, the snow was a foot deep and it was just bitterly cold. And it was a little church of about 100 people. And when he got inside the church, he said there was a little wooden stove there and they had it burning, but it wasn't enough. And, and, and he said it was just, just bone chilling in that church. And he said he was just about to freeze, didn't know if he could preach or not. And said, and then right before it was time for him to preach, he said about four or five guys got up in the church and, and one, a couple of them went down one side, a couple of them went down the other side and they started raising the windows and snow was blowing inside. And he leans over to the interpreter and says, what in the world are they doing? And he said, there are more people outside than we have inside and they want their neighbors and friends and co-workers and family members that they've invited to church to hear the gospel today. And so they're opening the windows and he said, with snow blowing across the congregation, he preached the gospel. I, I fear that we've become wimps. I do. I, I really fear that we become wimps. How about this one? We stand up too much. <laughs> By the way, since I'm the senior pastor and I really don't know who to complain to, <laughs> I agree. We stand up way too much in this church. And... Uh, and I decided that a long time ago. So let me tell you the solution to that. Sit down. <laughs> Nobody's going to stand up there and say, Aha, uh -huh, I saw you. You were sitting down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ungodly thing. You, what, you wouldn't stand up when everybody... Listen, I stand up and worship the Lord. I sit down and worship the Lord. We don't care whether you sit down or stand up. But whatever you're doing, when we worship God, do it with all of your heart. Offer an acceptable sacrifice of pure, heartfelt, genuine worship to the Lord your God. By the way, we're not going to change anything, so we're going to keep standing up. I like this one. The music is too loud. Get out of here. This, the music just kills me sometimes. And by the way, if you're over 60, you're probably there. 
That's something about growing old and loud music just drives you crazy. It is a little loud, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Thank you, brother. Thank you. It's, it is a little loud. Now, hit out coming from Bob because he's my age, so it doesn't make any difference. But it, it, it is too loud sometimes. And I got news for you. Uh, I tell them in the sound booth, turn the sound down. And they do. And then next Sunday, they turn it right back up. <laughs> no, I'm telling you the truth. They do. They turn it right back up. And, and it's, it's loud. And, and, I don't, and sometimes I just don't like it. It's so loud. But let me tell you, but, but sometimes I do. Sometimes when we have those high spiritual moments in the house and the glory of God seems to sweep in and roll into the house and, and, and together, corporately, there's this building crescendo of worship and praise and we get to the point where we're just shouting before God. I just have to tell you, sometimes I like it loud. And, uh, but sometimes I don't. <laughs> but I'll also tell you, my grandchildren are too loud. But I'm not going to trade them in for quieter grandchildren. You know? Hey, here's one. I've never heard this here at River of Life. It's too boring. If you're bored in this church, God help you. Go somewhere. Go, go somewhere else. But I, nobody's ever told me they were bored in, in, in this church. I just want you to know that if we're not careful... And I'm talking about careful. I'm talking about very careful, very alert. If we're not extremely careful, worship will become something that's all about us and not about the one we're worshiping. Somebody suggested that if many churches were honest, we would actually change the wording to some of our worship songs. Listen up. It is all about you. Now, the greatest collection of me worship ever assembled on one CD. It's all All 20 songs, all about you. This amazing collection is great to share with friends, if you have any. Everyone can join in the worship with you, for you, and about you. Because you are unique, and you love you. There is none like me. No one else All this can for do only $19.95. Operators are standing by to serve you. And I am why I sing. And I am why I live. If you order now, you'll also receive a second CD of Yule Tide Favorites. Call 1-800-ME-ME-ME or order online at memyselfandi.com Call today because no one can praise you like you. I apologize. I don't, I, I don't know, but we just had to show that because i got to tell you, that's how ridiculous we are sometimes. 
This is, it's not a, real worship is not about you. It's not about me. It's about our God. We are, uh, uh, sometimes we talk about the choir. This is the choir. And we worship for an audience of one. And we come before Him. And, and, and we worship Him. I've actually had people on more than one occasion to walk up to me and say, I just didn't get anything out of the worship today. Well, I'm sorry, but we weren't worshiping you. <laughs> you weren't the one being worshipped. The purpose of our worship service was not for you to get something out of it. The purpose of our worship service was for a group of people, sinners, saved by grace, forgiven by the glory of God, who have become children of the living God, to come together and collectively offer something up to God that would reach heaven. We came to worship Him. You see, the question is not, did you get something out of worship? The question is, did God get something out of worship? And I don't have time to go into the Scriptures, but I've got them in my notes, and if you want them, I'll give them to you before you leave today. But friends, I can show you in the Bible where Scripture teaches us that when our worship reaches heaven, heaven reaches us. When your worship reaches heaven, heaven will reach you. Heaven will get involved in your life. I want to share with you Webster's Dictionary, 1828, says worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. Would you read that with me? Let's read it all together. Worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. That's what worship is is all about. Listen, our great and merciful God, and there's no other way to, to describe him, our great and merciful God said to Israel, backslidden, undone, distant from him, he said to Israel, I love you and I've always loved you. And now I'm calling you back to me. I'm calling you back to worship. I'm a great God. I'm a great king. I've got a global plan. I am worthy of your worship. I want you to worship me. And he calls them back. I want to share something with you. I About two or three times a year, I'll have what I call a spiritual dream. And last night, I, uh, I had a spiritual dream. Uh, I went to bed early. Uh, Beth was still up, and and I was praying for different people uh, in in the church. I was praying for Brother Perry Kennedy and a number of other people. And then right before I went to sleep, I was praying for me. I said, "Lord, I I don't really know where I am, but I'm pretty sure I'm not where I need to be. And I'm just asking you, Lord, to speak to me. I wasn't even thinking about a dream. I just said, "Speak to me, Lord," and and just whatever it takes to get me where I need to be, would you please have mercy and grace upon me and do that? Because I want to be really, really, really right with you. And I had a dream during the night. And, and I'm going to pretty much read this to you because, uh, because when I woke up this morning, I typed it out. Uh, and I remembered it, I, I mean, almost, almost word for word. My dream went like this. Uh, a man that I knew, a man in this church, uh, had stolen a car from me. And yet I didn't report it. 
and it was a nice, fancy car. And the thing about that is I don't have a fancy car, so you know how dreams are. And so, but he sold a car for me, and, and I, I didn't report it. I was thinking about, Lord, one of you stole my car last night in, in, in my dream. After several days, I called him and asked him what he was doing. And he shared with me that he was on his way to a distant place. And then I rebuked him sternly over the phone and threatened him. I mean, I threatened him. And then I said, think about what you're doing and the high price you'll have to pay for such an act. And then I said to him, I have not reported the car to be stolen yet because I know you and I care about you. If you turn that car around right now and come home, we can work this out. But you have to do it right now. Now is the time or else. It was real quiet in the phone conversation for a moment. And just like in a normal phone conversation, I asked him, did I lose you? And he said in a very humble voice, no, I'm turning around and coming back home. I woke up, it was in the middle of the night, I woke up out of a dead sleep. I woke up wide awake, and the Holy Spirit gave me the interpretation of the dream. This is what the Holy Spirit said to me. The Holy Spirit said, you are the man in the stolen car. The Spirit of the Lord said to me that I was the one on my way to a distant place. I was the one who had turned, had to turn things around and come home to him. I was the one who could receive the mercy and grace of God that was available to me, or I could reject it. Now think with me just for a moment. Wow, wow, what a, what a great and merciful God we serve. When Israel was going in the wrong direction, God spoke to them. He called them. He called them back to worship. When we are going in the wrong direction, God's mercy and grace calls us back to Him, to worship, to repentance, to get right with God. I believe God gave me that dream, and I believe God wanted me to share that dream with you because I think all of us are in that car from time to time, moving in the wrong direction, drifting away, going in a direction that we shouldn't go. But it is a loving Father and a loving God that calls us back to Himself to worship Him, to realize that He is a great King. Now, God doesn't have to use a telephone like I did in my dream, but God can speak to you. And God has a way of saying to you, examining your heart. I can preach to you, but God examines your heart. God judges your heart. And God will speak to you and say, turn around and come home, all the way home to the heart of God, to worship the one who is worthy of worship. When it comes to worship, I just want to ask you a question. When it comes to worship, if you keep going in the direction you're going right now, a year from now, two years from now, will you be closer to God or farther away from God? Oh, that God would help every one of us today 
to turn our hearts back toward him. And I, I want to tell you, if you're moving in the wrong direction, if things are going on in your life that shouldn't be going on, if you're drifting away, it is the mercy and grace of God that says, turn around, turn around, and come back home. This morning, we will worship and make decisions at the same time. I've asked the uh, praise team to stay on stage, and we're going to go back into worship, and I'm going to be down front here somewhere. But this is not just an invitation. We're going to worship God during this worship time. If you need to give your heart to Jesus and say, you know what, he has spoken to my heart, I'm turning this car around, I'm coming home then you come and let me lead you to Christ. If you want to join this church, come take me by the hand. If you want to get on your knees at this altar and pray, if you want God to examine your heart about this thing of worship, but friends, I'm telling you, we have a great God. He's a great king with a global and eternal plan for the entire earth, and he's up to mighty things, and I'm asking you, I'm asking you, do you realize that he is truly worthy of worship? Would you stand with me, please? As we sing and as God speaks to your heart, if you need someone to pray with you, I'll be here at the front. Again, the altar is open. from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. 
For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.